The Star Sport Podcast is brought to you by Access Credit Union. Access Credit Union, funding dreams for over 50 years. Close your eyes and pull like down. <laughs> and a new Irish record for Phil Healy, 22.99. Christy Cooney hands over the Sam Maguire Cup to Graham Canty, Cork All-Ireland Champions for the seventh time ever. Hello and welcome to the Star Sport Podcast, where this week we're hearing from the former Carberry hurling manager, Joe Ryan, who joins to chat about his time in charge, how he sees the divisional team's role in West Cork hurling and what changes he might make to the setup as well. So, I'm your host, Dylan Mangan, and I'm joined today by Star Sport editor, Kieran McCarthy. The Star Sport podcast is brought to you in association with our friends at Access Credit Union. Access Credit Union, where your bank really does matter. Choose Credit Union, choose local, choose community. Now, before we get into things today, Kieran, I just want to say we're calling all listeners. We want to hear from you. This is episode number 255 of the podcast and we're having a bit of a chat here and I and we'd like to hear from you. We want your input going forward. So if you have any thoughts on what we speak about each week, any questions you'd like us to answer, if you want to send us some abuse, you can email digital at southernstar.ie with the subject line Star Sport Podcast. And Kieran, who knows, we may read some of the correspondence out if it's very nice. Only if it's very nice. That's the, that's the one caveat to all this. But no, you're you're dead right, Dylan. It'd be great to get some um some some interaction with our listeners. Like we know we've we've good um good listenership every week. We see that in our figures. So it'd be great for like we said, if anyone wants to get in contact with us, if they have any suggestions, who they like to to, to see on the podcast for, for us to have have a chat with, any questions for us. Um so yeah, the floor is open to the listeners. Yeah, it'd be a bit of fun, hopefully. Um we're gonna hear from Joe Ryan, as I was saying in a little while but Kieran first up there were two huge games for West Cork teams at the weekend and let's start in Glasgow where O'Donovan Rossa ladies beat Glasgow girls by 214 to two goals to set up what will be a brilliant occasion this weekend when Skib host an All-Ireland Junior Football semi-final that's on Saturday and it's a, a brilliant occasion for them as I was saying. Yeah, it's, it's going to be about a couple of months it's been for the other ladies football team. Go back to when they won the county final, they beat Donnie's, then they won Munster, they beat Clomac in my van of Kerry. Then last weekend, like you said, the planes, trains and automobiles took them across to, to Glasgow for an All-Ireland quarterfinal on Saturday morning. We were speaking about this on last week's podcast, Dylan, where like this was a potential banana skin for Skip for a number of reasons. First off, they were going across to Scotland to play the game, um, so there was all like that, that novelty, that novelty factor attached to it. It's it's not every every team gets the chance to fly abroad to play a, a football game, but the, the way the draw worked out, Skip went across to play the um, the All Britain champions Glasgow Gales. So you were kind of traveling into the unknown as well because we didn't know just how good this Glasgow Gales team was. We saw that they powered through the the championship over, but you re- you really don't know how good a team is until you actually face them. Um, so then tra- put in factor in the travel and the fact that the skip team had to split up half went from Cork Airport, half had to travel from Dublin Airport. They stayed over 
on the Friday, the, the Friday night before the game. And then the, it was a half 11 throw in on Saturday morning, which is quite an early throw in for a, a big game like that because um, Skipper getting the flight back to Cork later in the evening. So when you factor all that in, this team did really, really well to come away with such an emphatic result. Like you said, 214 to two um to two goals and Glasgow Gales only got one score in either half. Skip had a great start. They can control the game. And the beauty is they're now true to at home all Ireland semi-final and it's going to be an incredible occasion in Rossa Park on Saturday. Around town here at Skip at the moment, you can see it's red white flags everywhere. At lunchtime, I just popped down to Rossa Park just to look at the the pitch. The pitch looks in great condition, really good condition considering how wet it's been in the in the last couple of weeks. I spoke to Eno Regan from the club. He's part of the organising committee and they put in huge work to make sure that they can roll out the red carpet for, for the teams and the fans on Saturday. So there's a big crowd expected, Dylan. Could be upwards of, of 2,000 people or more could even be making this trip because what we have is it's an All-Ireland semi-final here in Skibbereen. The home team, Odonavon Rasa, are playing and they're playing the Wexford Club, Gusseran, who are, by, by all accounts, quite a good team as well. And they're going to present a quite formidable challenge for Skib. So it's going to be quite the occasion in Skibbereen this Saturday. Yeah, absolutely. That's a 1.30pm throw in there. And as you were saying, uh, Gus Saran are, are coming into the into the cauldron down in, into Skib. And it's probably safe to say it'll be a tougher test for Skib than the quarterfinal, uh, considering the the score that they, they racked up in the quarterfinal. But... At the same time, it's kind of the flip side then of the the game in Glasgow, where Skibbereen have home advantage and they're not having to travel. So that kind of um kind of swings th- swings things back towards them then again as well, doesn't it? It is yeah, like having home advantage and again, like this is huge. Like it's a it's a great boost for Skib, but it also brings a bit of pressure as well for the team because they're playing in front of their home crowd, in front of a of, of a huge crowd. But this team, in fairness to them, they've dealt with every game so far this year. And they've jumped every hurdle. So you, you have to face in them that they will, that they will, um, that they won't, they won't be distracted this week by all the noise about this home All Ireland semi final. That's for the fans to get wrapped up in the excitement before the game, you know. And and so the fans should because it, to have a game of this magnitude in Skibbereen is a, it's huge for the club and and it's and it's great for the team. But the mantra of the Skibbereen team all year is, and I know it's a cliche, but they really do focus on every game. It's this kind of control the controllables mantra that they have. So their focus will just be on the game. And that has served them so well this year. They played 10 championship games and they've won them all. You know, there was mm. six games in Cork, won them all as they won the county. Three games in Munster, won them all. And now they've won their first game in the All-Ireland series. And in fairness to Skib as well, They've come through some some hard battles. Okay, last weekend against Glasgow Gales, they were by far the better team. But look at their um look at their run through through Munster in the junior quarter final. They beat Lockmore Castellani three twelve to two eleven. That was a close game. Go back to the Munster final up in Mallow. They beat they beat Clonmac in my van by twelve points to one seven, and that was a good football side from Kerry. So this Odunvanasa team have found ways to beat what's in front of them, and they'll have to do the exact same on. On Saturday, because like I said, Gosseran are a good team, and they'll almost relish that underdog, um, the underdog kind of tag coming down. Or like, like you said, they come into the cauldron of Skibbereen. Like the hope is there will be a big crowd there, a really good atmosphere to get behind the Skib team because they really do deserve it. They're Munster champions, they're Cork champions, 
They're a team that rebounded from losing the 2022 County Junior A football final to win everything so far this year. And they do really deserve the support of, of Skib Reen. And what we're hearing too is that this is a game that's capturing the imagination of, of a lot of neutrals as well, because we all know there's been a boom in ladies football in West Cork in, in the last number of years. And so many local clubs are doing so well. And there will be big interest from local clubs to come into Skib on Saturday to see this game. And the advice is get in there early, really get in there early. It's a half one throw in. And also um, check out the different social media channels this week for just news on where to park, what car parks will be open. And uh, and Skib as well, they're urging anyone, let's say local in Skib Green, to walk to the game if possible. If you're able to walk to the game and if you're living in Skib Green town, please walk to the game because they are expecting a huge crowd. And as the organisers, they just want to ensure everyone has a good day and they want to manage, and manage that everyone gets there safely and gets home safely after. Yeah, it's a great game to look forward to this Saturday at uh, 1.30pm, as we've been saying. And fingers crossed for Skibbereen there. Now, elsewhere at the weekend, the Haven train kept rolling on in Munster as they beat Waterford side Rathgormach by 116 to 17 that will set up a Cork versus Kerry Munster senior football final against Dingle to be played on December 10th and Kieran it's fair to say they probably found the semi final a, a bit more straightforward than the the previous round against Cratlow didn't they yeah the 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 Cratlow game was a game to be endured and it was a test death um Castlehaven passed uh just passed, but, but still passed. But I think that was an important game for Castlehaven because they were just after winning the county. So that was a tricky hurdle first day out. They got over that. The last day against Rack Ormock, they were definitely more convincing. 116 to 17. The Hurdy brothers, Brian and Michael, combined for 111. Michael got five points from playing. He's in he's in top form at the moment. He's um playing some of the best football of, of his career. So what it means is we have this intriguing Cork v Kerry provincial final, um, club final pairing. By the time this podcast goes out, hopefully we'll know the venue. It will be played in a neutral venue. It's um, due to be announced on Wednesday. It's either going to be Simple Stadium or the Gaelic Grounds. They're the, they're the two venues that are in the running for it. So um, by the time you listen to this podcast, you might already know when the, where the game is on. And if you don't, we'll have it up on the Star Sports social media channels. So I'm looking forward to this game. This mm. this is a, this has the potential to be a good football game between two two football teams. I think when people in West Cork think of Dingle, you think of a, a weekend away or a hen party or a stag party, kind of sitting in Dick Mac's pub in, inside one of the, the main streets there in Dingle. Like it's a, it's a super town. It's a great town for a, a weekend away. But Castlehaven will be hoping that they'll they be the one celebrating that the party will be Union Hall on, on December 10th when the two teams meet. Um, knowing what I know about Dingle, like they're they're a good football team. They they really are. They've a they've a lot of Ganeys in their ranks. They've Paul mm-hmm. Ganey, part of the, the current Kerry football team. They've Mikey Ganey, who was former Kerry footballer. They've Dylan Ganey, Connor Ganey, two really good footballers as well. Tom Sullivan, the, the Kerry defender, is in there. Mark O'Connor, who's playing in the AFL um, down in Australia, he, he comes back for games at certain points of the year. So just throwing it out there, is there a chance that he might come back early for Christmas and line out against um, Castlehaven on December 10th? Who knows? Uh, we'll, we'll find out in the, the next week or so. So Dingle are a good team. But then again, Castlehaven are a very good team as well. And Castlehaven are, are, are getting results 
but I was talking to James McCarthy this week for a piece for Thursday Southern Star and he made a point that to beat a team like Dingle, he feels that Haven need to go to the next level again in terms of, of work rate, execution, commitment, attitude, because he knows it's going to be a really tough test for his side. But Haven are there. They're back in their first Munster club final since, since 20, 2012 and you'd be a fool to write them off. Absolutely. And just going back to the, the potential venue, like obviously, as you say, we'll probably know by the time the podcast comes out, but will there be a preference in the Haven uh, management as to whether it's uh, Limerick or Tardis or does it, is it much of a muchness really to them? The kind of the, the venue depends on what I've been told. Is it just you need a venue with lights because it's at the time of year the game is a two o'clock thrown on the tent. And if it's a really wintry day, it gets dark early in, and presumably the game is going to be live on TV as well. So you need lights in the stadium just for for, for visibility and if it for for TV purposes. So there are two top class grounds, um, Turles and uh, and the Gaelic grounds. They're both a fair spin from Castlehaven, you have to say. But you know what? It's you can say the exact same from Dingle, like you're coming mm. from West Kerry there, so it could even be a, a longer spin if we're talking about going um going up to Turles from 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 Dingle. So it's going to be the same for both teams. It's going to be a neutral venue. It's going to be a good pitch. It's going to be a great stage for for both teams to hopefully put on uh, put on a good display. It's going to be interesting to see how this final plays out because James McCarthy was making a point too that that you really have to see how a team sets up in the day. Against Rack Armour, it was more of a football game. Against Cratlow in the quarter final, it was quite quite a defensive game. Both teams had a lot of bodies behind the ball. You could say the same about the about the Cork County final against Nemo. It wasn't a great great spectacle. We go back to the semi final against the Bears. Then that was a good game of football between two good football teams. So the hope is when you have a good football team like Castlehaven and and like Dingle who like to kick the ball as well, it could lend itself to a good football game. I could be here sitting in two weeks' time looking like a, like looking like a fool if it's a six point to five arm wrestle between the two mm. teams. But um, hope springs eternal, and hopefully it'll be a a good a good game a good game of football. And the hope here in West Cork is that Haven can get the job done as well because when you think about this team and you think about a lot of the I want to call them the elder statesmen, but they're still, they're elder statesmen in the sense of they're the more experienced fellas on the team, but they're they're still quite young in comparison to me anyway. When you're looking at the likes of um the Mark Collins and the David Cahillans and, and the Brian Hurleys and these lads who've um they were there back in 2012 when Castlehaven last played in a in a monster final against the Crokes, and they're still there now. And it's a it's a medal that these fellas don't have. They love to get their hands in it, and that's and that's their target right now. So I'm sure we'll talk about about it more in in next week's podcast, but um. It's great that Castlehaven are there. And a quick hat tip too to both to Kilnamatra and Kilmurray, who got through to their Munster finals as well. Kilnamatra had a brilliant win against Milton Castlemaine in the Intermediate Club semi-final last weekend. And Kilmurray annihilated their opposition in their semi-final. So there's three Cork teams through to the three Munster um, club football finals on the weekend of December 9th and 10th. So good times for the Cork clubs. Yeah, absolutely. And like you say, we'll be chatting a lot about that on next week's podcast. So if anyone listening wants to have their say, if you have any thoughts on that final, do send us an email, digital at southernstar.ie. Um, now, Kieran, let's hear from Joe Ryan. He's been speaking to Star Sport reporter Sean Holland about his time in charge of the Carberry hurling team. And a lot of the, the conversation there, I guess, revolves around the different challenges the divisional side faces kind of where it sits in the kind of West Cork ecosystem, the GA ecosystem, I guess. And 
that's probably one of the key questions surrounding the Carberry hurling team is is where does it fit in? Do you know? Yeah, um, I suppose that's almost true to kind of divisional teams right across the counties. And uh, is 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 there a future for for divisional teams? I I think personally there is. I I can see the value of divisional teams. But for divisional teams to work and to prosper, you need to buy in from the divisional boards and you need to buy in from the clubs in, in that division. And I know while the, the Caribbean board do obviously back the, the board the football and hurling divisional teams here, um, can the same be said of all the clubs when it comes to, to the hurling team? Um, the footballers' success last year showed what, what is possible when the, the Caribbean footballers won the Ty Crowley Cup and they won five championship games in a row for the first time in Jesus God knows who God knows how long. And um, whereas the, the hurlers, to be honest, have struggled in recent years. And it's it's been a it's been a tough slog. And when you have the the various clubs as well kind of focused on, on themselves, which of course they should be like the, the hurling clubs in Carby want, want want the best for themselves, they want success for them. So they're obviously number one in the pick and order. So then for the divisional team, you're coming in number two, number three, it depends whether there's the player has county commitments, college commitments, and so on. So it can be quite tough for divisional teams to, to I suppose, to, to be successful. And um, you see that with the Carabao Senior Hurling team over the last couple of years. I think they won they won one of their three games this year. Um, it's And it's been like that for the last couple of years. Um, there's been some very good results in there, but then there's been bad results that kind of either precede or, or follow that. So there's been no consistency in terms of the of the Carby hurlers' success. And what the Carby board was doing now, they must find a new new manager because Joe Ryan, as he'll explain quite soon, is and his management team is is stepping back from um, from the role. So the hope is that Carby can get a new manager in quite soon and he can start planning towards 2024. But I also want to touch on something that Tim Buckley um said in last week's Southern Star, he was a Caribbean football manager who stepped back after six years in charge. And one of his words of advice is you need to make the Caribbean team a, const- a constant in the, the player's diary. And that's what he achieved with the Caribbean footballers during his spell. And it's the same can be said for for the, the whoever the Caribbean hurling manager is, is to get the players in Caribbean thinking about that it's um, thinking about the Caribbean hurling team, that it's part of their year so that they can make time for it. Because we've seen with the Caribbean senior hurling team that the team can change a lot from game to game in the championship. And they could be a game one week after another. And you could be looking at a lot of fellows who played in the first game, weren't even around for the second game. So it's just to make the team a constant. Um, it's a long road back for Caribbean hurling to, to, to hit the heights that, that it did before. But the good news is that Caribbean will enter a senior hurling team in 2024 and hopefully the the powers that be and the players the hurlers in Carberry will have a listen to Joe Ryan's um thoughts here because he's a he's a man who's at the cold face this year he knows what's needed and he's some some good words of advice in there now I'm delighted to be joined by former Carberry hurling manager Joe Ryan Joe how are you very good Sean thanks no bother at all but um we'll get straight into it so and after a year in charge, what are your experiences as the Carberry Divisional Hurling Manager? Um, I suppose overall very positive. I would really enjoyed, um, I suppose, my brief enough stint in it. I would have started as a selector in 2022. And um, Charlie Vaughan and John Paul O'Callaghan, who had uh, given some great service, um, kind of decided to step away and 
it wasn't I hadn't really planned on um stepping up let's say but uh I wanted to stay involved in some way so that's that's the way it ended but overall very positive I um, really enjoyed the my time there mm-hmm. and once you're finished now do you reckon there's an appetite for fellas to come in now and take over obviously they, they have nothing in stone yet but Carberry said they are um you know registering a team for next year do you think there's an appetite for other fellas inside the division or even outside to take over the role I'd hope so I, I would really hope to see it continue um being honest I don't know you know it's it's a hard one I mean I know clubs find it difficult to get fellas for their own, their own roles within the clubs as well so um it's I suppose the the positive side of it or the, the one of the pros to it is that it's a it's generally a short enough stint you know I mean the the championship is fairly condensed with the divisionals and the the colleges so you know you're kind of really targeting me um but it, it's a hard one look overall the whole divisional thing there's I suppose a bit, a bit of a debate going on um each year about it um probably more so on hurling really um what's Carberry but um I, I would hope that someone steps up to it um but it is, as with any role or any managerial role or coaching role, it's, it's a tricky one. Mm-hmm. And come from Ballinascarty, did you have any previous um, you know, history of managing there in Ball? I know Kevin McCarthy from Barry Row, our own club, was um, selecting. You know, he was able to kind of mix both when he was selecting. But um, I suppose managing, you just got to be, that's your role, Carberry manager. You can't mix and match with that. There's no one can double up. Well, I, I, I probably did double up this year, really, um, in my role with Ball as well, the managing Ball the last three years. Mm-hmm. Um, again, probably wasn't my plan. Um, it's It wouldn't be an ideal scenario, to be honest with you, but it's, um, uh, yeah, I suppose going forward, if I was to go at it again, I probably wouldn't have done it that way. Mm-hmm. But uh, I suppose that the short the short stint that's there, the, the nature of it, kind of allowed me to do it as well um plus uh, a very um accepting other half uh, at the time of course you need that and it, uh, is that something that needs to be looked at in terms of you you mentioned how it's a short stint do you reckon that the Carberry divisional team should be getting more games to allow you know players to develop further playing in senior hurling ideally yes but you know in, in the real and realistically it's probably not that feasible you know, last year now we I kind of set out with with Kevin McCarthy and Fergal Cahan. We set out with the aim of maybe playing three games. Ultimately, um, we weren't that pushed on training because we felt that lads were doing enough training as it is, um, and we wanted to target a few games. And look, players want to play games; they prefer playing games. So um, now again, that's quite difficult to organise. In you know, you're dealing with teams that are in county leagues and that's where they're very competitive I know that first hand with, with Ball this year being in the county league and um, you're trying to squeeze it in then you know a lot of these players are dual players as well so mm-hmm. we look training on, or maybe playing matches on football weeks and, and you're looking so you're looking both at county fixtures and Carberry fixtures so it, it is quite difficult I don't I don't think it's feasible to maybe try and do more uh, at the moment but um my if, if again if I was to have my time over I'd probably prefer a few challenge matches rather than training you know mm-hmm. no definitely that would bring you on and kind of on that then do you reckon that the college divisional 
setup that's there at the moment is the right way about it or do you have any you know preferences to change in that area um i i think it's probably the the best of a a bad kind of situation really you know i don't see how it's it's really difficult to see how it can be done and keep everyone kind of happy with it you know you, you, you think even with the split season in, in a broader context in the GA um, is, is quite positive I think anyway but you know I'm sure there are plenty of people out there who don't agree and would like to go back to the old ways but um, I, I I don't I don't know how it can be improved upon if I'm being honest at the moment um, I suppose from my own point of view uh, from a management side of things, maybe a bit of structure in terms of protected time for us. Um, and I look, I'm 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 speaking on behalf of the Carby hurlers here now, but you know, I mean, the Carby footballers obviously been quite successful in the last number of years. Um, I, I, it was probably something that they came across as well. We were we would have had to change things at the last minute. We would have games organised that you know we'd be finding out on the day that lads look unfortunately weren't able to, to to be involved usually because of uh, a league game let's say that he'd be arranged to midweek or something like that which mm-hmm. look clubs are entitled to do I've been in that situation too but I think maybe a bit of protected time for it um, I think the appetite is there from the players you know I think this year I was very happy and even in 2022 as well I was very happy with the teams we put out the quality of the teams we put out um, and the numbers as well you know we were talking I think maybe 25 to 30 and talking out for each game, you know, which is, um, I was very happy with. So I think the actor is there from the players, but it's very difficult. You know, you're, you're kind of, you're, you're, you're dealing with clubs that, um, I think on the surface probably do support it and would like to support it at least. But then when it comes to the nitty gritty of, of logistics and organizing things, um, probably Carver is the last thing on their mind really. Mm-hmm. And kind of, you know, moving on from that then, do you reckon there is a future in Carberry Hurling, do you know, and what would that actually look like? I hope there is. I'd be a, a very big supporter of it. Um, the, and uh, look, I probably have a, a, have a romantic view or certainly a sentimental view on it. There's, I suppose, just family connections with the, the team in 94 and stuff like that and kind of fond memories of that. But um I really would hope that it, that there is a future for it. What I'd love to see, and what we try to a little bit to do, is basically give as many of the young player, younger players, um, as much time as possible. So if you look at, you know, let's say, you'd Shane Mernan from St. Columns, who was a Cork miner. You've Sean Ahern, who's in, in band and is kind of getting going there as well. He's someone I'd love to have involved. Um, James James Maloney actually, and Sean O'Reardon from Barry Row. These are all young players, you know, let's say 23 or under anyway. Mm-hmm. And there is a good crop there. You know, if you look back to 2017, 2018, I think we had um, Kieran Ines full back in the minors, Cork Miners Park and Land, and subsequently pulled back in the Cork Miners. There's players like that coming through each year. And if they're, all of them, if they're in college, in my opinion, and they're interested, they should be playing either hurling and football if, if possible, but hurling or football certainly, and, and, and being exposed to that level, but also have, have something where they can, um, an outlet like Carberry, 
where they can play. Now, that's not necessarily, you may not necessarily be putting out the best players in the division in that regard, but at least if you're giving young players like that a chance, you're bringing them on, you know, and they're, you think like Sean Daly is a perfect example. Sean Daly, Cork under 20, uh, playing for UCC. You know, I, I'm, you know, I, I don't know Sean or anything like that, but the, you know, what happens after UCC? What, 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 what are the options for him then? You know, is there an outlet for him to play senior hurling? Um, uh, and there's plenty. Of, look, I'm probably being a bit unfair just picking on him there now, but uh, there's loads of lads like that. I think. Mm-hmm. No, definitely right. Not as there's a got a lot of talent coming through, but you referenced a small bit there earlier, just on your own connections with 1994. What do you reckon was the main difference there? Now I know we we're talking a good few years back into the past, but what do you reckon was the main difference between 1994 when they're competing at the top top level to to now? I suppose if you look across the board at that 94 team, you had Bandon. Some very good Bandon players. I mean, you know, intercounty players, really. You had Kilbritton and you had Newcestown were the backbone of the team. And each of, and then you, you were since supported by excellent junior players. So, you know, you had, and Kilbritton at that stage, I can't remember, was it 95 when they went, uh, I don't know, was it 95? It was mid-90s anyway, I think, when they went up to senior for a little bit. Mm-hmm. So you're, you're talking about they were consistently playing at um, a high level. And then again, backed by like, okay, like some, like Barry Hart, who's captain is an exceptional player. Um, you know, you had Colin Murphy um, in field, meaning Hall Holland was doing back. Like, I mean, they're all probably generational players in a way. Mm-hmm. I think it was slightly, look, it's, it's not just simply that, you know, I think you have, if you look at, and I'm not getting too philosophical now about things, but just in general, the the everyone is probably based in West Cork. There was mm-hmm. from a social standpoint, there was jobs and things like that, you know. I mean, we live in a, a fairly global um, you know, lads can lads can, can get jobs kind of anywhere in the world and there's different pulls and things like that, which is that's part of life and that's the way it is. But I the one thing we wanted to focus on this year was I think in 2022, one of the games we had, I think it was maybe nine junior players and six Premier, junior, or intermediate players, let's say. And I think if I might have to look back on this, I think on our first game this year, we actually had 10, nine or 10 um, Premier, junior, or intermediate players starting. Mm-hmm. And they were supported then by maybe four or five junior players. And realistically, that's probably the way it should be. Mm-hmm. No, you're dead right. The, the higher the level, the, um, the more competitive the team is going to be. But Kind of speaking on, you mentioned there now, obviously they're gone up to the senior. Do you reckon Newstone's success this year might almost give guys almost a confidence boost in Carberry saying, you know, they probably would have played a lot of them maybe in minor or under 21 grades to say, you know, if those lads can do it, we can push on their clubs and nearly help the divisional side then in that in that uh, way of speaking. Absolutely. Like, you know, why not? You know, Newcastle are a perfect example. They'd be a, they'd be a club that I probably reference a little bit with uh, when I was in, like in charge of with Ball in the last few years. That they're a they're a dual club. Um, they they rely. You know, even this year there was a big, big. You know, whenever you read a, an article about Newcastle in, in in the Star or wherever, there was talk going momentum, momentum, momentum. And um, yeah, why not? Like, I mean, in 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 twenty twenty two. 
I think was it, I think it was 2022, Owen Gales, which is an amalgamation of, of Ball and Ahiol, played uh, under 21A West Cork final against Newstone, I think lost by a point. You know, um, a lot of those Newstone players were pushed on to their, their senior team. Um, you had, so I, I, I think, as you said yourself, there are a lot of them are playing minor under 21. Um, so there's probably no reason why they can't aspire to it. Again, there's different reasons in terms of exposure and um, the, uh, you know, I suppose a lot of the, the new stone players would be um, would be playing probably at potentially a higher schools level as well, as a lot of them. But yeah, I think, you know, I mean, Luke Mead, had a, there was a very good interview done with Luke Mead and the star during the year and his, his exact sentiment was, you know, why not? Why, why can't there be a, um, a, a strong... Carberry hurling team or divisional teams in hurling and football, you know. Mm-hmm. No, you're dead right. And um, one last question for you, uh, Joe. If you were to give one piece of advice to the Carberry manager coming in in 2024, what would it be? Uh, um, I would say to probably have an open mind for anybody, you know, so keep an open mind. There are players, I mentioned Shane Mernand in Columns, like 18 years of age, um, physically well able for it and very eager. You have um, Dara Sheehy and Bantry who had a very good uh, junior B final there. And you you might, like people might look at those players and think, like, you know, and this is no disrespect to the, to the clubs that they're from, but, they, you know, they're, they're not particularly hurling clubs, let's say, or they, don't, they might not have that tradition, but they're they're very very eager they're willing they're willing to put the effort in um so why not give them a crack and just like there's no i would throw i'd be happy to throw anyone in if mm-hmm. i think they're good to play mm-hmm. um and uh i think that's it I, it was very enjoyable you know it, it reminded me a little bit of kind of um like trial games used to have as underage because literally in, in some of the games anything went you know anything could happen mm-hmm. um uh, you had like you know we had players like Mike Callan obviously and Philip Wall who like and Jeremy as well like on a skill level could match anyone in my mind anyway um, and some, they were allowed to kind of show it a little bit at times where with clubs you're kind of playing to certain systems and things like that and it can be a little bit restrictive Yeah no you're dead right um, I suppose it, it is a big um, talking point right you know to not play you know the specific names as you mentioned there. You know those fellas that have been there, done that. But it's kind of a thing where it can be used as almost a, a springboard for younger players. Like you know, and it's a big thing as well to to look past you know your typical Bandon, Barrow, Kilbritton, Timberley, and look at the the guys there. Like you mentioned, Sean Daly, Randalls, and um, that's from Columns and Bantry. But um, no, you're dead right. That's a great piece of advice. Listen, Joe. Um, I appreciate your time, and uh, thanks very much for joining us. Thanks, Sean. The Star Sport Podcast is brought to you by Access Credit Union. Access Credit Union, funding dreams for over 50 years. Welcome back to the Star Sport Podcast. And Kieran, now is the time of the week where we take a look ahead to Thursday morning's Southern Star and what's in store for all of our readers. 
I can't believe like it's almost a simple Dylan, and there's so much GA still on. Like I'm definitely not complaining. It's great for the Southern Star Sports section, but it's really busy at the moment, and that's that's a brilliant complaint to have, and and that's down to the success of our local teams. So obviously we've um a big preview of Dunham and Ross against Gosseran in the All Ireland Ladies Junior football club um, semi-final in Skib this weekend. So we have an interview with Ema McCarthy. We've, we talked to Fiona Leonard. We talked to Sarah Hurley as well. So that's three interviews with three different Skib players. And I also chat to Ian O'Regan from the organising committee um, to see what's involved in putting on a, a match like this. And he describes it as one of the biggest, this is probably the biggest game that has ever been played in the Rasa Park. So that tells you about the magnitude of the occasion on Saturday. So we also have a lot of coverage from, from the weekend's action, Castlehaven's win, Kilomarty's win, Kilmory's win. The under-21 football championships in Carberry are in full pelt at the moment. Kilbritton won the under-21 B2 final. And the weekend just gone, they beat Kilkeleen. So we have full coverage of that. The under-21A semi-finals are on this weekend. So check out Thursday Star for, for news on that. The under-21 B1 final is on this weekend as well, as well as the under-21C final. Um, so we have news and all that in Torres's Southern Star, as well as that. There's just loads going on at this time of the year. Um, the Golden Footballers are in the County Junior B football final this Sunday up in Parky Ring. They're taking on Douglas. Golden have lost their previous three County Junior B finals in recent years. So the hope is that they can make it fourth time, Lucky. So we have a full page preview on that. We chatted our captain, Project Reedy, and Kieran Sheehan, one of their mentors. Looking further back to the sports section, Drina Rangers were in FAI Junior Cup action the weekend, but they bowed out in round five. But we have a, a live match report from, from that. Joe McCarthy was, was there for us. We also have a have a comprehensive school by school girls roundup, as well as all the latest from the, the West Cork League. Castle Dunbar were, were, were crowned, sorry, under 21 B Bearer football champions. So we've um, news on that. And also, Quiva Flannery, uh, a rising young athletic star from Castlehaven, picked up a Polly Palmer West Cork Sports Star Youth Award recently. And I had a chat with her at the award presentation. And that's there, as well as the bowl coming, um, the bowling, uh, their awards night in Dunmanway at the Parkview Hotel last weekend. So we've a full report from that who won the various awards. And if that wasn't enough, two local men signed new contracts with Munster this week, John Hodnett and Liam Coon. So there's news on that as well. Not bad for the start of December, Dylan, is it? Not bad at all. Now, all that will be available in shops across West Cork from Thursday morning. And as always, if you're further afield or you can't make it to the shops, you can subscribe to the Southern Star and get it on your laptop, tablet or phone. Just head to subscribe.southernstar.ie enter your details and you'll get an exact replica of the newspaper for less than two euro per week along with full access to everything on our website as well as always thanks for listening to the star sport podcast and thanks again to our sponsors at access credit union if you've enjoyed this please remember to rate review and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and we'll be back again next week thanks for listening